T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Uh, the poll that we put up there, by the way, at Nick Wilson says, saying, are you giving the Browns a, a real chance to beat the Bengals on Sunday? 62% of fans saying yes, that they are. And before we get to Jason Pinkston here, I did. I want to give you two reasons. I'm going to give you two reasons why I think the Browns will win. I'm going to give you two reasons why I think the Bengals will win. Because I think it's going to be a really close game. The last time I checked the line, it was still over, uh, I think, four points. I think it went as high as six points in the favor of the Bengals being the favorite. Um, I think this is going to come down to it. I think this is going to be like a lot of the Browns games were early in the season. I think this is going to be a field goal. I think this is going to be a last-second touchdown. It's going to be like the Bengals game where the the game-winning pass was right there for Amari Cooper and then called back because of pushing off. That's where I think this game is going to be. My first reason why I think uh, the Bengals are going to win is Joe Mixon, and they've changed their run fits up. I think Joe Mixon and Samaji P. Ryan, if the Bengals decide to run the ball, I think I think that can be a real problem for the Cleveland Browns. They're, this is kind of the worst possible week to have seen and to lost Sione Takitaki with just because you had finally gotten some level of momentum. But if... If the Browns 
run defense, gets a stop or two early, I, I don't know that I trust Zach Taylor to stick with a run game because he has abandoned it quite a bit this year. Now, that being said, Samaj P. Ryan's run really, really well, and Joe Mixon expected to be back for this game. So that's one reason I think the Bengals are going to win. One reason I think the Browns are going to win, everyone's talked about Jamar Chase being back. Nobody's mentioned David Njoku. I think David Njoku being back for this game, even with Amari Cooper banged up, I think that has real implications because Deshaun Watson loves to use his tight ends, and I think I think David Njoku can kind of be the, the wooby or the security blanket that kind of makes David Njoku, that safety valve that makes David Njoku feel comfortable, or rather that makes uh, Deshaun Watson feel comfortable. That's what I think David Njoku's presence can bring for the Cleveland Browns. 216-578-0092. I got two more reasons to give you. One reason why the Bengals will win, one reason why the Browns will win. Jeffrey, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Um, I am overconfident that Deshaun Watson will defeat the Cincinnati Bengals Sunday. Know why? Because if you saw the game Sunday against Houston, you took the words out of my mouth, actually, because you said Deshaun need to make six uh, big plays to win against Cincinnati? No. I think if he just complete a couple of more passes, we will defeat the Cincinnati Bengals. Hmm. Well, listen, I, I love the overconfidence. I don't think I'm I don't think I'm overconfident about anything with the Browns, let alone Deshaun Watson right now. I I I went into that Texans game saying it's the worst defense in the NFL. Um You've got Nick Chubb. You've got all these factors. You should be able to go out there and have success. And Deshaun played, honestly, worse than I could have imagined. And so that has reset my expectations just a little bit. I still think the threat of Deshaun, which is something I've talked about, has an opportunity in this game to make an impact. The threat of him on the ground has an opportunity to make an impact. But, like, I have no idea what to expect from Deshaun Watson. And I think a lot of people, because his last game was bad, and I think this kind of is, when we talk with Daryl Ryder coming up at six, I think this is kind of leading right into it. Like, I think Daryl thinks, is 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 not sure that they're going to have a chance to win because Deshaun played so poorly. I would also say it's a week later. I'd also say he's had time to 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 work on it. And I'd also say I think there are ways that Kevin Stefanski can try and help Deshaun Watson. But I'm not overconfident in anything. And I'm also not convinced that just because he played poorly last week, he will this week. He is a blank slate to me, even though I still have somewhat tempered expectations for this game. I don't think we're going to see vintage Deshaun overnight. But could he be a better version of, of, of Deshaun? Yes. So I want to get back to We're trying to get Jason Pinkston on here. We'll see. Uh, maybe we'll push him back if we can't get him on this one. We'll see if we can get Jason on. Uh, it's a football Friday. You know what? I wonder if Jason is also doubting that the Browns have a chance to win. He's ducking the show because he's afraid of uh, the Browns' chances on Sunday. So I've already given you two reasons why I think the Browns can win this game on Sunday. One, or Sorry, I've given you a reason for the Browns to win, a reason for the Bengals. David Njoku for the Browns. Uh, it's it's not just Joe Mixon and Samaji P. Ryan. They have changed to more of a gap uh, blocking system, and that's worked for them 
over the last little bit here alongside the power of Samaj P. Ryan. Number one, my number one reason why I think the Browns have a real chance of winning this game, Zach Taylor and his offensive crew patently refuse to, to help the offensive line slow down Miles Garrett. And it's been as every, every Bengals game that I've watched has been the same. It doesn't matter who their left tackle is. It doesn't matter which side of the line Miles lines up on. Like this year, he was uh, this year that Monday Night Football game. He was exclusively on the the left side of the line because Joe Woods has kind of parked him on one side of the line this year because of the issues with the rest of the defensive line. The Bengals did not help Chip. They did not send in not double team him, triple team him. They didn't send extra action his way. And they did on like a a few plays. But they did less to try and slow down Miles Garrett. And they have in the entirety of of Zach Taylor's time in, in the NFL as a head coach in Cincinnati. They've done less to try and slow down Miles Garrett than almost any team I've watched Miles play against for the Cleveland Browns. It's befuddling. Like I, I've heard everybody have the conversation: Is Zach Taylor a good head coach? Uh, the number, the the number one and two reasons I can give you is one: I've never seen him take a serious step at slowing down Miles Garrett. Two: That Thursday night football game, they didn't even try to run Joe Mixon in that game or Samaj P. Ryan. They didn't even feign an attempt at running the ball. But the number one reason why I think the Browns have a real chance here is I'll believe that they're going to take a serious attempt at slowing down Miles Garrett when it actually happens. I've heard this said a lot on the station today. The idea of fool me once, uh, shame on you, fool me once, uh, twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, you won't get fooled again. That's a, that's a different saying. But... I just simply have I, I, I don't believe Zach Taylor is either committed to stopping Miles or he's just a out and out dumb dumb. And now I think now here is the number one reason why I think the Bengals might win. DJ Reader. They were missing DJ Reader a couple weeks ago. DJ Reader is one of the better run stuffers in the NFL. And by the way, we're gonna have Jason Pinkston coming up in just about uh Ten minutes here. This time I'm not lying. This time being very serious about it. That last time I told you I was lying. Uh, but we'll have Pink on coming up at 320. I think if the Browns attack offensively, because this is where Kevin Stefanski kind of has to kind of have to step up. If if the if the idea here with an offensive line that hasn't played as well recently Jack Conklin's been banged up, hasn't played great uh, in in the in the run uh, game. Jedrick Wills has been, I think, almost unplayable the last couple of weeks. I think my, Wyatt Teller's not been the same player since coming off the injury. Um, I think that's all injury related, but he has not been his dominant self. And oh, by the way, you're on your fourth string center, fifth string center. He held a fro hold, so there's one guy right now I think playing pretty well, and it's Joe Batonio. And then. They've got DJ Reader back. So if Kevin Stefanski thinks we're just going to line up and I'm just going to run Nick Chubb at him and that's going to be the run game and that's how we're going to win, it's going to it's really going to compromise the Browns' chances of winning. 
Kevin Stefanski, one of, actually probably my favorite thing about Kevin Stefanski as a head coach, as a play caller, isn't the creativity in the pass game. Because he's not really had an ex, uh, a quarterback being able to execute that. So it's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's very useful. I'm sure he's a really good, uh, sorry, very creative in the play calling with passing. But to me, the thing that I like most is 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 the Browns' run fits and how creative they get with running the ball, right? Whether it's with pulling linemen, whether it is with, uh, you know, using Kareem at fullback, uh, whether it's just some of the play design, my absolute favorite thing on the planet is how they've run the ball over the last three years, even though they haven't done it consistently enough for me. Had to make sure I got that in. But in this game, if you think, yeah, what in Nick Chubb we trust, if that's all you've got, you're going to hurt yourself. Deshaun Watson needs a couple more designed runs. That's going to take somebody like DJ Reader and get him off his spot. Uh, if you can use multiple backs in the same backfield with Deshaun Watson, that's important. And then, I listen, I think some of this is, whether it's designed run or not, I do think having a quarterback, because guys, it, Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback all around. But having a quarterback that is willing to take the ball to the line of scrimmage and make five defenders around him wonder at the until the last second, is he going to throw or is he going to pass? And then, oh, by the way, if he does uh, run the ball, if he does do that at the last second, he can break off a 50-yard touchdown in no time. This is the game. This is the defense with DJ Reader that you have to. You absolutely have to go ahead and find a way to to maximize the threat of Deshaun on the ground. 2-1-6-5-7-8-0-0-9-2. I've given you my two reasons the Browns will win, two uh, reasons the Bengals will win. Jason Pinkston, former Browns offensive lineman, joins us now. What's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? How are you? You know, I, I need your help, Pink, uh, from, from one big man to another. I am fighting the football Friday cravings where I got a perfectly good salad to my left, Jason, and uh, I don't want to eat it. I just want to eat something that's really incredibly bad for me, and I've been great this week, so I'm talking myself into it. As a fellow big fella, can you help me out here? Skip the salad. You can have it tomorrow. Yeah! Yeah. Skip the salad. It's not going to hurt you for one day. See, this is why, like most people would think that I was asking you for help to, so that you would make me eat the salad. No, no, no. I was looking for reassurance that it was okay to be fat today. And like a real teammate, you picked me up and I appreciate the hell out of it. Um, I want to get to this. I, I want to get to this Brown Spangles game because it's been really weird. The reaction that I've seen from people going into this game, it, I feel like there should be huge buzz, and it doesn't feel like that. So I'll ask you, are you giving the Browns a real chance to win this game on Sunday? Absolutely. You know, we've, you know, we've had their number you know, you know, over the last couple of years. I think we've won three or four straight versus the Bengals, and there's been a lot of offseason talk coming from some of their wide receivers, and some of our corners have responded to it. So it's gonna, I think it's going to be a, a big game. Um, I agree with you that it has not been talked about a lot, and that was kind of surprising a little bit, you know, with the, some of the history between the two teams. And the, it's a big rivalry for the state of Ohio, and it's it should be exciting to see Deshaun get in there and, and you know, with him working on his 
second game and looking forward to him being a little bit better. So I think it's going to be a big game. Can I ask you, why Why do you think there is a lack of buzz for this game? You know, I I really don't know why. I think that the Bengals are playing so well that everyone just expects them to, to walk all over us. Um, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. And, um, you know, maybe it has some of this little bit of stuff from Deshaun Watson, but it's, it's, it's still a big game. I, I think it's a big game and it, it's, it's, you know, once it, we get going and, and, you know, and the game starts, I think a lot more people are going to tune in than expected. Can I ask you, you mentioned the thing about how well the Browns have played recently against the Bengals. They are, I think, I think they're six and one against Zach Taylor is a head coach. Joe Burrow has not beaten the Browns yet. It, it are, do you believe that a team can have ownership of another team the way the Browns and like that's a real thing or is this kind of fluky? No, no, you know I think it's kind of a it's kind of a real thing. I mean, listen, for a long time the Steelers, you know, I hate to admit it, but the Steelers owned us for a long you know a long period of time, and there was you know for whatever reason we could not get over that hump. You know, maybe one win every two to three years, but you know as of recently for the Browns. You know, versus the Bengals, we've had a lot of success um, going up against them, and and you know, our, it seems like our guys step up and they make the big plays, and we don't give up the big plays, and we, you know, we win those games. Jason Pinkston, Browns offensive lineman, longtime Browns offensive lineman, former Browns offensive lineman on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, getting ready for Browns and Bengals here. So let's uh, let's go with the offensive line here. In terms of their play recently, do you think do you think that they've been playing, or how would you assess how they played recently? I, I think we we struggled a little bit last week. Um, we, we weren't as clean and crisp, and you know, and some of our run fits. But overall, the last couple of games, I thought they've done a nice job. I mean, Joel came out and said it himself that you know, hey, we all played a pretty bad game. But if it was one play, this it was one guy, this play, next play, a different guy. Um, you know, it's it, it's still they're trying to get their feel with obviously a new quarterback in there to say, you know, get the rhythm down. But I, I think overall this year they've done a good job. You know, it's just now that we just got to continue to improve and work at it. And, you know, hopefully that we can close off these last couple of games down the stretch here and play well and, you know, and, and have Nick run well and Kareem run well and we protect the quarterback and we win these games. What about Jedrick's play over the last few games? I think he's been he's been solid, you know. I, I don't I, I don't think he's you know jumping off the tape and 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 really running people over like you know you see the the Trent because well, I think he's a lot like Trent Williams. He's not there yet, you know. Trent's a little bit more athletic, a, a bigger guy, but I he kind of looks like a smaller Trent to me. And I think at some point in time he can be of that caliber. It's just going to be him continuing to work at. Obviously, he did switch positions when we drafted him to the Browns. That's still an adjustment, and it's just you know it's just going to be him just continuing to get better and to grow as a player. Jason, let's get to Deshaun Watson here. Uh, I, I guess let's start with what I feel like a lot of people are going to have the same t- take on this. But what did you see out of Deshaun in his debut against the Texans? You know, I really wasn't too shocked on how that game ended. I thought he, you know, that he was rusty, and that that shows from him not having 
uh, a great deal of games played or you know time with the offense, and there was going to be there was going to be some times where he, he it, it showed and it did show, and it was just a, it was an ugly game. I thought he made a couple nice passes, but you know that it's when you step back onto a playing field after not playing so long. I don't care how much practice or training you've done in the off season. It's never the same. The speed is different, and it's an adjustment. So, you know, he has to get used to, like, like our guys and knowing our personnel and, and the, the receivers and the, the running backs and the, and the, the offensive line. It's just going to be, it's just gonna be uh, you know, a little bit of period of adjustment for him. Hopefully he can, you know, pick it up rather sooner than later because we're at a, at a time here and I still have playoff hopes for this team. So, um, but you know, I didn't really, I didn't, I, I personally didn't go into it saying I'm looking for him to complete 30 passes and, and scramble and use his legs and make big plays happen. I just wanted to see him play a game, get through it, come out healthy, prepare for this week, and be better than the week he was prior. So, with that, um, what are your week? Wait, wow, sorry, what are your week two expectations for him? I'd like to see him – I'd like the offense to be a little bit more crisp. I'd like to see him, you know, complete a couple more passes, some nice deep throws. I'd like to see him use his legs uh, a little bit more um, in, in some of those situations where, you know, Cincinnati is a, a, a good defensive line. They do a good job of rushing the passer. I'd like to see him extend some plays, you know, make some of those tough passes and, and hard throws because he's going to have to do that in this game. You know, it's going to be – it's going to. we're going to need a good game on him to win this game and to continue to, you know, to own the Bengals, as we like to say. But, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to see the growth he has from game one to game two. And there should be a significant growth. You know, obviously he's having his second week of practice with the team. Um, he's getting a little bit more, more familiar with them and the receivers. So uh, it, it should be pretty exciting to see. It's going to be a uh, – this is going to be a matchup that I look forward to watching over the next couple of years between – uh, Burroughs and Watson because it's gonna it's been, and there's a lot of good quarterbacks in AFC and uh, and and Deshaun's one of them and obviously we know Joe Burroughs is one of them and we're gonna compete um, for the next couple of years so it'll be a, it'll be a good test for us as well. Jason, when we look at uh, the way the Browns' defense played against the Texans, how I understand that was the best performance of the year, but how sustainable do you think that is going forward for this D? You know what? I think we, you know, and, and let's be honest, Houston is not a very good football team right now. But, you know, you still have to go out there and play the game because Houston's obviously capable of winning some games. But we needed a game like that to get ourselves, you know, back on the right page to say. And we, we made some plays. And hopefully we can continue and build off that and, and down the stretch here and, and continue to come, to come together and, and, and put some belief back into our – our, our team, our locker room, the whole defense, and it you know it, it really helps because we had good players. We made plays, we made some big turnovers, and we capitalized off that. And you know that's what our defense should be. You know we have that defense is good enough to win us games like that, to get us out of an ugly game with the win. That team is good enough to do it, and that defense is as well. Jason Pinkston on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Uh, I did just see a tweet from the Brown social media, orange pants and white Jersey, uh, for the Browns on Sunday. What, how do you feel about that uni combo? See, I see us big guys, man. And that was my thing. I hated wearing the white Jersey. It's just so unforgiving for a big guy 
with a belly, you know. But I don't mind it. I, I do like the orange pants. Um, I, I like the old school uniforms more than the newer style ones that we have. But, you know, at the Browns, that's what they chose, and that's what we're going to work with. All right, can I? Because I always like to take temperature on this. Could I interest you in a all orange Browns color rush uniform? I would love it. I would absolutely love it. As long as the orange is not like a fluorescent orange, you know, like that Hunter's orange. They can come up with a nice, a nice scheme between the orange and maybe brown and throw some white in there, or even some black. I think that'd be pretty cool if we had one of those you know, those unique style helmets because they did a different helmet or something. I think that'd be cool for us. I feel like you and me are on the, uh, the, the we're, we're pounding the drum for this, but the people won't give it to us because they're afraid it's going to look like Tennessee uniforms and the Browns don't want that. They don't want that reaction from Browns fans. Uh, did you see uh, Thursday Night Football and Baker's performance last night? I did, man. I did. I, I, and you know what? I was, I was happy for him, you know, because I, I, don't, I don't hate Baker Mayfield. I hate how things ended down the stretch and, you know, some of the comments and things that he was doing and a little bit of antics. But I really wanted to see him win that game for himself because, you know, I, I, I look back at it in, in that playoff run that we had, uh, at the, uh, we, at the, when I say we, the Browns had. And, you know, that was changed. That was, you know, that was life changing for some Browns fans to see them win that playoff game. So I was really pulling for him to see him win that game and to do it on, Two days of practice is absolutely insane, and to lead that to to lead that last final drive like that and score a touchdown, that's who Baker is. You know that excitement, that fire. You see him headbutting people. That it was awesome to see that from him. Do you think he can still be a quality starting quarterback in the NFL? I, I you know I truly honestly do believe that he could still be a quality quarterback um, and a starter somewhere. You know. You know, it's always a long season, and, and things happen throughout the season. Quarterbacks get banged up or they're not playing well. But, I, you know, I think, you know, he's he's made the most of I say he made the most of that start he had last night. Now, he's not going to go in there and take over the job from Matthew Stafford, or you know, but he could probably be a quality backup on that team or somewhere. Um, as far as another team giving him a shot to be the starting quarterback, I don't know if that happens. But uh, I, I'm rooting for him. You know, I, I hope he continues to do well. Uh, I, I like him. Uh, I'm a fan of his just because of what he did for the Browns and winning that playoff game versus Pittsburgh. That was huge. And I'll, I'll be forever thankful to, to have that. All right, Pink. Now comes the moment of honesty here. Uh, give us your prediction for Sunday. 24-21, Browns win. Mm, I'll take it. I will. Uh, I, I, I will not kick that result out of bed for eating crackers here. Real quick, I also got to get your thoughts on Pitt landing Phil Jerkovic, who I've had a football crush on for about three years now. <laughs> See, I, I'm a fan of uh, Jerkovic, and you know, I my so my old defensive coordinator is the head coach at Boston College, and you know, Phil being a, a, a Pittsburgh guy. I thought he was going to go to Pitt right out of the gates, and he didn't. But, you know, life, you know, it takes you on a mysterious journeys, and now he's in the back up in Pittsburgh. It would be exciting to see him. Uh, you know, he's a fifth-year – I think he's a fifth-year – would be a fifth-year senior or a graduate senior. Um, so he has a lot of great experience. And, and, and we struggled at the quarterback position this year. Um, so we, we, we need a good one. And I, I think he'll do good for us. And, 
you know, it kind of stinks that he, you know, we only get one year with him, but, you know, we'll take it. I actually think he's your age. I actually think he might be my age, too. That's how long Phil Dracovic has been in the uh, in college football. Jason, great he, stuff, he's, buddy. He's closer to Brandon Whedon, but we, we're not going to talk about that. Hey, if he can do what Whedon did at OK State here and uh, here at Pitt, I, th- I think you'd be happy with that. Jason, great stuff, buddy. Have a great weekend. Thank you, man. You as well. There is what happened last night. Baker Mayfield's performance last night was one thing. It was a good story. Nothing more. It, it's not a sign that Baker Mayfield's going to be the face of the LA uh, the LA Rams. It's not a sign that uh, that that the Baker haters were wrong, and it's not a sign that uh, it's sure as hell not something that Baker Bros should have done victory laps over. Baker Mayfield getting released on Monday, getting claimed on waivers on Tuesday at four p.m., and then playing a bulk of the game last night and bringing the team back down from basically two scores to win 17-16 on Thursday night football is a great story. It is the thing that we like to celebrate in sports. Baker Mayfield bet on himself. But that's all it is. It's a great story. It was a great moment for a guy who honestly had had a crappy couple of years. There was his feel there was his play last year on the field while hurt, which Baker bet on himself and lost, right? And then there was going to Carolina, another by the way, took took a haircut financially to be able to go ahead and go to Carolina, went to a lame duck coach who didn't know his head from his ass in the NFL, lost that job five games into the year. So to to go ahead and just sum it up, I was happy for Baker last night. I have no idea if Baker will ever get back to the guy that he was three years ago. I think I think if if any coach in the NFL can make it happen, it's it is Sean McVay. It's a Kyle Shanahan. It is it is a Mike McDaniel. But what was so interesting to me was not just Baker's play which was a great story and a feel-good story. Baker hasn't been a feel-good story for a couple years now. 2020 was a feel-good moment, right? Up and down, start to his career, rookie head coach, went into Pittsburgh, got the playoff win, all those kind of things. Woke up feeling dangerous. Finally, all the hype paid off. From that playoff game on, the last playoff game the Browns have been in, the loss to Kansas City on, it's been one headache after another some of it's Baker's causing some of it isn't but it's been since then that Baker was a feel-good story and it's mostly just been a lot of headache a lot of complaining a lot of drama even in Carolina I think there was some drama there so it was cool to see Baker get that but the reaction to Baker getting that I saw some jamoke on national television this morning. Yeah. Baker's Baker's the hope, the long-term hope of the LA Rams. Yep. Baker Mayfield has found his home. And at the same point, the people who had taken a victory lap, when Baker had, had asked for his release earlier this week, the same people who had said, Ah, Baker's trash. Baker, he'll never start another game in the NFL. He's done. He's this, that, and the other. The Baker haters. 
they had to eat crow real quick. And the response to it was, well, it's just one game. The response to it was, well, he still sucks. They're actually going to play at some point. Mike Lombardi was on this morning, and he just sounded like he had a ton of axes to grind. He had something to say about Kevin Stefanski. He had something to say about analytics. He had something to say about Baker. And the reality is, Baker is a problematic quarterback on the field. He is undersized, undersized, and he does have problems seeing over his offensive linemen, and teams have not found a way to, to, to help Baker get over that. Like, it's so weird. Drew Brees was smaller than Baker Mayfield, and Drew Brees found a way around being a small quarterback. Kyler Murray, he's, he's, like, a, he's like a little mini man out there. You put Kyler Murray up, like put him up against Kelvin Beecham, who's like six foot five, three hundred pounds. It's like whose little brother's that out there playing quarterback? And Kyler Murray finds a way around being short. For some reason, Baker hasn't been able to. He has a worse case of passes getting batted down than almost anybody I've almost any undersized quarterback I've ever seen. That's a real thing. But to hear people talk about it. It's either the single greatest athletic performance ever by any player ever, or it means nothing and he's a scrub. Or, right down the middle, it's a good story. Good for him. And you know what? I have contended for a while. I think Baker's biggest problem now is confidence. When you have four different head coaches in five years, or four years in Cleveland, when you have... X amount of different offenses you played with, different offensive line coaches, right? And then I think what that last year was about is Baker was hurt. He'll never say it this way. I think Baker was hurt because he felt abandoned by the organization, which I think is a real human reaction to what happened. Underneath all that bluster, under all that BS, all that pomp and circumstance, I think Baker's just kind of a softy. It might be a little sensitive, and I don't mean that in a demeaning way. And then you go down to to Carolina with as dumb as that organization is and as just lost as Matt Rule was as a head coach. I think Baker's biggest problem is I think he lost that swagger and that spark that he had at Oklahoma and that I think he had at points early here before he got beat down by the situation and his injury. And I... I think last night can be the start of something for him if if all of a sudden that gave him some confidence. That is real. Until we see it, it's also still just one game, no matter how great it was. Sean, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, Nick. Uh, hey, yeah, I just thought that was the ultimate troll of the Browns organization last night into Sean Watson. They, it was just classic. It came... Days after Watson came out, hadn't been in, you know, hadn't played in two years, came out, you know, had a terrible game, um, scored zero points on offense, and then Baker's with an organization for, what, less than 48 hours. He comes out, he start, basically starts, what, he didn't play three snaps, I, don't th- I think. Um, starts, uh, he looked good, uh, he looked like big, like, like confident Baker, you know, you talk about his confidence and he looked like swag Baker, swagger Baker and McVay found a way for him to win. 
and maybe he's the guy that that's the coach to do it. But I just thought it was the ultimate troll of the whole Deshaun Watson situation and uh, the Browns organization. Like, okay, here you go. Take that. What if I told you I don't think it was the ultimate troll of the Browns? What if I told you it was the ultimate troll of the Carolina Panthers? The Panthers gave him very little to uh, leash to work with. The head coach got fired. Um, he, you know, Baker got uh, benched and then came back. He was given basically a game and then got benched again. I think, I think if Baker has a real gripe, it should be with the way Carolina treated him this year um, and, and, and the way that they kind of treated him so they could avoid giving up a fourth-round pick instead of a fifth-round pick for him. I think that was the ultimate troll move, considering Carolina is still in it to win it in the NFC South, and then he went to a worse team and got them a win. I think that's where the troll move is. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.